Hey everyone, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host Tim Chelsvik and I'm joined by Mr. Matt Drury. What's up, man? Hey, how are you? Good. So I'm excited because we got Levi Morgan back with us today, the uh, the bow expert, probably our best bow guest we've had so far, really. Yeah. And and uh, of course he's got the TV show Bow Life on on Sportsman's Channel and the the champ. I'm, I'm just gonna start calling him the champ. What's up, Levi? <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, man. We appreciate Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be something if, if you know, like Rock? I always heard that people call um, Sylvester Stallone the champ, and yeah. even though he's not a boxer, but sure. yeah. they just call him the champ, like off screen everywhere he goes. Like Levi actually earned it. That, yeah, Levi earned it. It'd be cool, like if if your nickname everywhere you went, everybody's like, "What's up, champ? Hey, champ." <laughs> do, you have, do you have a nickname that you can share with us? A nickname? Yeah. Is not really? any that's appropriate for this. <laughs> it's the internet, man. I have a few names my wife calls me every once in a while when she's mad at me. Other than sure. that, I don't we can all relate to that. Yeah, no <laughs> it's kind of cool, though, because if, if you're in a hunting or an archery circle, you say Levi, people know who you're talking about. It's pretty crazy, man. It really is. That's That's a testament to just how much you've kind of changed the the game because honestly like i know target archery has been around forever Mm -hmm. but i have i didn't at least i wasn't aware of its popularity until i started hearing about this you know and i say kid i was probably the same age but you know you start hearing about this kid that's just tearing up the archery you know tournament so it's a spring chicken compared to us like you and i are old guys levi's what 31 ish 31 yeah oh hell <laughs> yeah. he, he, you got all kinds of life in front of you. we're on the downhill slide <laughs> i don't know man sometimes i feel like i'm on the downhill slide but i i feel young at heart but i can see a lot of things changing <laughs> <laughs> so so this past season you know because because the question we're going to dive into today is is all about archery and this episode's kind of all about archery so kind of take us through some of your big wins this year on the tournament trail yeah this year started off pretty slow and it, it normally does for me because i'm i'm hunting so much in the fall and all the way through january um and so right when the tournaments start uh, and so i think i got my first win of the year in uh, augusta georgia this year um and i won that one and really kind of had a it kind of click for me there i, I uh, in texas the one right before that i had some major equipment issues and i was just a really frustrating tournament because I was shooting. I felt like as good or better than I ever had in my life. And so just uh, had a lot of bad luck and made bad decisions early in the year and and really crucial times in tournaments. And so about midway through the year, I kind of hit my stride and won the Augusta National. And then I won the the London Kentucky National. I actually won four ASAs in a row, the Illinois National. And then I won the ASA Worlds. Uh, and locked up shooter of the year and and shooter of the year is probably the most important to me um, and it, it was because when I was a rookie the guy that had broke all the records um, and held all the records in tournament archery uh, had won seven shooter of the years in a row and he told me you know and I was trying to congratulate him but I was beating him at this tournament and he told me pretty much that you know that record would never be broken uh, uh, uh-huh. you know like holy cow you know so i kind of lit a fire under me then and i set a goal to do that and so this year would have been number 12 in a row for me and and i just i hate to that was really always been the most important 
to me. And so I was behind 30 points midway through the season. So it was pretty hopeless. And so to hit my, and so, I mean, there was people online, you know, this is the year Levi's, you know, he's done and there's no way he can come back. And so I was even telling Samantha, I was like, I don't think I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. it, I, it just seems impossible. You know, I, it, I was like a miracle would have to happen. And so I literally won every tournament after that and ended up winning by 30 points. And it was literally the weirdest feeling at the end of the year, you know, sitting there holding that shoot of the year trophy because I'd already gave, given up on on that, you know, for this year. I was like, this is the year I'm going to lose it, you know. So <laughs> to, have, to have won it again, it feels pretty cool. And so um, dodged a bullet for sure. Man, that's incredible. Like goosebump worthy. That's a cool story, man. I I can't believe it. That's yeah, especially because our our target archery is such a mental game, and to to have already counted yourself out, but still perform at a level where you can come back and win it. I I don't know how you do that. Well, I think it's a testament to his abilities. You know, that's you 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 know, even though you're 31, that you're a veteran in in your sport, right? You know, you're. Right. I, average age there you kind of middle of the pack or is it is it a young man's game yeah i'm middle of the pack now you know i remember always being the rookie they always called me the rookie you know and the kid and and so now i don't get called anymore which i really wish i did (laughs) (laughs) now uh no i'm middle there's guys from 50 to 17 out there you know and um a lot of young guys coming up and i guarantee you one thing i'm never gonna look an 18 year old kid in the face and tell him <laughs> i can beat my record i, I was yeah. gonna say i bet there was Sorry. a real good life lesson there for you yeah. that uh, of how to be treated how to treat others i mean because that's one right. thing you just you never want to slam the door in someone's face right you know right. just just not the kind of person you want to be right no and if somebody does I'm going to be the first one standing there to congratulate him because I know what kind of dedication it's going to take to do that, you know? And so, but there's some kids, man, that are just incredibly talented and, and uh, people have no idea the type of dedication that's these guys really put into the tournament side of things. And they look at it as maybe a hobby, but for, for the top guys, it's their life. I mean, they spend an entire day, every day of the week, just, honing their craft and they're unbelievable uh, a lot of guys that nobody knows their name but i do and i'm watching them and and um they're incredibly talented seems a lot like the rodeo you know guys invest a lot of a lot of time and effort and money into it and they may come out with nothing but or they may they may come out on top you just at least here you hitting some you know 2,000 pound bulls not like, trying right. to kill you. <laughs> that is the only difference, which is a, that is the of a, hair. That is a slight difference. Yeah. If you break a bone shooting a bone arrow, <laughs> right, you're doing something wrong. wrong. I've seen people do it, but yeah, I don't know how. You're probably not going to get gored at a 3D event or something. Yeah. So, um, Levi, just out of curiosity, do you have any kind of weird pregame? tradition or ritual that you have to do before you start shooting no you know i try to always you know keep that kind of stuff out of it i i I try i pray a lot man i Mm -hmm. i've uh i've won a lot of tournaments that i literally didn't think i was even remotely in the game for you know and i know that i'm not the one to take credit for that Mm -hmm. and so i always try to give god all the credit because I, i literally know he has won a lot of these tournaments for me. So 
that's really what I try to do beforehand. And it really calms me down as I just put it in his hands and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to do my best and, and I'm going to put a really good plan together and try to execute it and, and know that, you know, after that, I, it's in your hands. I, it's not in my control, you know, the outcome. Totally so uh, that really has helped me for my whole career to kind of just calm my nerves and execute my plan and be okay with the outcome no matter what happens. So you kind of allude, alluded to it there. <clears throat> How much strategy is involved in target archery? I mean, so for your, your, your average guy that may not know much about it, how much strategy is involved there? A ton in um, what I do, which is 3D. Um, now there's, I'll, I do it all, but what I love is 3D. What I've been most successful at is with ASA, IBO. Um, so it's unknown distance. We don't get to use range finders. Um, and it's, you know, a course. So there's 20 targets a day for two days and then they take the top five and we go into a final shoot down. So you really have to strategize and know, you know, what targets to be aggressive on and, and what targets to just lay up on and, and, um, kind of get a feel for what the field is doing, you know, and, and to know when you really need to match the gas or if, if you should put it on cruise control. And I think that's where I've probably won more tournaments than not is just is managing the course. And that's kind of what we call it is just go out and, and manage a course. And you can shoot like I've had tournaments I shot better than everybody and didn't even make the finals because I had a terrible game plan and was aggressive on targets that I never should have been. And and so it's a ton of strategy. Now, Vegas and, and indoor nationals and all those tournaments, there's no strategy. I mean, you're standing at 20 yards, and the game is you can't miss. Mm -hmm. And so th those types of games, um, there's not really a lot of strategy. And you really need to be able to go into autopilot and just shut your mind completely off. Uh, because like in Vegas, it's a marathon, man. It's three days of shooting. And if you miss one arrow... Even if it's your first one and you're shooting at a, a spot the size of a quarter, if you miss it once, you're done. You, know, you can go home. I mean, it's it's over. So because there's going to be 20 guys that don't miss. I'd be screwed. I, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a quick trip day, for me. You know? So, I mean, it's a, those kind of games I hate because it's like, oh, I got to just sit here and endure this brutal mentality for three days, you know. But I like wow thinking i like being able to put a plan together and executing you know step by step well that fear of missing leads <laughs> us really well into our question of the day yeah, yeah the, the question of the day is brought to you by the lacrosse alpha burley pro tread lightly hunt confidently hi my name is bill from springville new york and uh our season started three days ago i haven't even been to the woods to check on the stands or even to see what the deer sign is, all because of the dreaded target panic. It took the fun and excitement right out of it. I've tried everything except for a back tension release, and that's only because of the cost of it. If you could give me any insight or help to get rid of this target panic, I would much appreciate it so I can get back in the woods and have some fun. Thank you. Man, I kind of I feel for him because, you know, I think every – Archer's probably gone through this at some point. Everyone right now feels and, and by the way, his name is Joe. Joe's a Deercast user. He submitted the question via Deercast. I know the audio got a little garbled there at the beginning. We all feel bad for Joe because we've all been Joe. So so Levi, how can we help Joe? <laughs> Please. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, I've been there twice and uh once when I was younger and it was so bad that I couldn't even look through my peep. I, I would hmm. dump the release 
as I was getting into my peep and I remember being a kid just crying and, and my dad looking at me like I was an idiot. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't help. And, and uh, Dads so, are great. Yeah, right. It is a terrible thing, man. It does take the fun out of shooting and, and hunting. You have no confidence in yourself and you're shooting, you know? And so there's a lot of different things. And this is probably the number one question I've been asked for the last 10 years is mm-hmm. how do I beat target panic? And, there's a lot of the, of answers because there's a lot of causes of target panic. Um, but I think the, the main one is fear of missing or fear of failure. Um, and, and so like you were just talking about, but the best thing I have ever found for target panic doesn't even involve shooting an arrow, which is weird. But what I have, have seen more people cure target panic by doing this drill and it's an aiming drill because in archery you have to be able to separate aiming from the release and you should never be thinking about firing that release because your conscious mind can only think about one thing at a time Uh, you can't consciously think about aiming while you're consciously thinking about squeezing your release so squeezing that release should happen subconsciously while you consciously are focusing on keeping that pin where you want it so the one drill i've seen that that works and has helped more people cure target panic is for a week um you know obviously ideally this would be in the off season and we do longer than a week but since hunting season is here what i would say for joe to do or anybody that's struggling with target panic is go out in your yard go to 30 yards 20 yards wherever if you got a block target or a Glendale, what, or any kind of target and just pull your, pull your bow back and aim on that target. And don't, if you're shooting a caliper release, don't even put your finger on the trigger. Don't do anything. Just aim and put your pin on that spot. And and when your pin starts to break down and you start to shake, just let down and don't fire a shot and do that over and over. And what you're doing is telling your mind, Hey, I don't even have to shoot this shot. I don't have to release it just because my pin hit the dot. I don't have to shoot the shot just because it's sitting there on the middle. So it really separates the two. And so you can really focus on aiming what you should be doing. And then the next drill you're going to want to do, it's two drills. You want to do blank, what we call blank bailing. Walk up to the target, you know, three feet, four feet away where you're not going to miss. Pull back and aim at the target, then close your eyes. And just feel what it's like to really smoothly fire that that shot, just over and over, timing, just smooth, over and over. And uh, so when you separate those two drills and then bring them together after doing that for a couple weeks, it's amazing how much more calm you're able to aim because you know that if something's not right, you do not have to fire that shot. You know, a lot of people, I think, start getting in this really you know they anticipate that shot as soon as their pin touches that dot they want to fire it you know and they start dumping it faster and faster to the point where you know it it gets out of control and they can't they can't aim they can't do anything right and it, it it can take all the fun out of it for sure so so levi have you ever been at full draw in maybe a a 3d tournament and decided this this doesn't feel right. I need to start the sequence over and come back down. All the time, man. I mean, all the time. And some guys do it a lot more than I do. I'm I probably do it some of the least, but a lot of guys will do it almost every target. 
you know, every wow. situation they, because they want to kind of reset, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, you, it's not this perfected craft where every time you draw your bow back, you have, you know, the perfect grip and the perfect aim and the wind's not blowing. And I mean, so these, you know, a lot of these guys are letting down a couple, they had to actually put a limit on it in tournaments. We were only allowed to let down two times in some organizations. And then you have to fire on your third draw because guys would just sit there and over and over until everything was perfect. And so they know that's how important it is to reset if things aren't right. You know, if, if your mind wanders off to something, um, then your pen's going to wander off. And, and so it's because of that only being able to consciously do one thing at a time. So the most important thing is to never think about anything but aiming. If you do that, then target panic is gone. But the instant you let something slip into your mind, that says fire the shot now, that's when target panic comes in. If you're never thinking about anything but aiming, target panic doesn't exist. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> when I tend to find issues with, with the way I'm shooting, mm -hmm. it's because my concentration, it's almost always because of my concentration, like say, you know, I live in the suburbs. So if, you know, if I'm, yeah, I got to be very conscious of my surroundings when I'm shooting in my backyard and, and that kind of stuff. Like and so cat. whatever the case may be, if, you know, I'm on the side of the house, but mm -hmm. if the kids are out front playing or whatever, you just got to be, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of running around. There's, you know, you just, you got to be aware. Uh, and so I find myself, having issues where my concentration is being pulled into a different direction and, and, and not where I should be, which is what you're saying, Levi is just aiming. Yeah. And so I find myself trying to shoot later, later and later in the, in the evening mm -hmm. before it gets dark when most people are eating dinner or not outside or whatever the case <laughs> may be. Cause it's about the only time I could find when it's the most quiet and, and I can just, aim just sure. concentrate and it's definitely made a difference right yeah there's no doubt about it and and i mean we're lucky nowadays because there are some release aids too that that have been developed just for target panic and true fire came out with one not too long ago called the panic x and so this release you can't punch it you cannot fire it on command so you it's got a little switch you flip to on and it will not fire unless you squeeze it slow. Huh. And so that, that would be an incredible training tool for somebody like Joe that is struggling with it because he won't be able to fire the shot unless it's a slow controlled release, you know? Um, so something like that. And yeah, he mentioned a, a back tension um, or a hinge style release, which is what I hunt with. Um, but I think those are great training tools because you don't know when they're going to fire. Um, they're all on a half moon and, and so there's no hard wall. And, and so I like to look at releases and what we kind of talk about them as, so you're at the, the top of the building and you got to get to the bottom and that's your shot. A back tension is kind of like a slide to the bottom, mm -hmm. um, because it's just a gradual, always moving motion, uh, that gets you there. And like a, a index trigger or even a thumb button it's a hard wall you either got to jump or you got to stay you know so um, it's a lot easier for some people to have that that little bit of movement that calms their mind down you know while they're getting from the top to the bottom and that's kind of an analogy we've used uh, and why some people struggle with target panic and uh, another thing you can do with target panic because a lot of people do it because their pins moving around 
and and they're moving a lot more than than normal and when their pin hits the spot they want to fire it so another thing we can do is go out in the yard and draw a giant dot i mean like go to 20 yards and draw a dot it's like however big you need it to where your pin will never leave it and so what that uh, and and you can kind of break down and see what's causing your target panic that way because a lot of times it can be your peep too small, your pins are too small, you're having trouble seeing, you're holding your breath, your poundage is too much, your draw length is wrong. I mean, there's so many things that can cause you to want to, you know, end that shot early because you're uncomfortable. Uh, but most of the time, it's in people's sight picture. So they're aiming, you know, something they're seeing, they're aiming, they're shaky and and, um, and that and so forth. So those couple of drills are, are seem to really help people a lot and calm their mind down but it's it's a terrible thing man and it's hard to beat but once you beat it and know you can beat it then if it ever jumps on you again it's a lot easier the second time Mm -hmm. and i know like when i get into a bad spot and it's not often but maybe once every couple years if i really get into a bad like i i got a bad habit somewhere and and you know my list of things i got to do and shooting i'll go to the local archery shop where I know Mike, you know, he's a great shooter. He knows what he's doing. And it's like, all right, Mike, take a look at my shot. What am I doing here? And, 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 you know, whether it's your grip or grips too tight or whatever the case may be, it it is interesting to have someone else take a look at what you're doing. And, and, you know, Pete Shepley always says it. He's like, get a coach. It'll work. You know, and it's, it seems like a pretty simple statement and, and it's not maybe applicable for everybody, but you know, film your, you know, maybe it's as simple as setting your camera up, your phone up, filming your shot, your, you know, what you're doing. Especially using slow-mo. You can see a lot. That happens. Yeah. And checking it out yourself or, or going to a, you know, an archery talk.com or something like that where guys, mm-hmm. you know, are, you know, a forum of some sort where you could get some opinions. Although if you go to Archer Talk, you might get more opinions than you're looking for. What? But Are you <laughs> <laughs> confused between opinion yeah, and fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it's helpful. You know, it's a forum where I think, generally speaking, if you go there and in need of help, it's somewhere that guys are going to try to mm-hmm. get you. You know, get you in the right, right. spot. And it's, it's kind of helpful to hear that pretty much everyone struggles with tar- target panic at some point. I, I think we all feel like <clears throat> we're isolated, we're no good, uh, we're ineffective when that happens. And that, like my wife knew when I was struggling because I'd come back in the house from shooting and I'd just be in a terrible mood. Yeah. Because it's like, it doesn't matter how hard I work, how close I get to a deer, I'm not going to be able to hit it. I find it funny that Levi knew of two times in his whole life. <laughs> and he can remember him, but it's like, I have, a, I have a, like maybe twice every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I made a mistake back in 1986. Dude, I mean, and look, it, it happens in our world all the time. I mean, guys are, you know, the top shooters in the world. And, and you're, you know, we call it the tp you know and it's the that's the dreaded you don't dare break. utter the words you got the tps like, oh oh uh you know oh so and so's got a little case of the tp you know and we're like saying it <laughs> and like hush paper? hush over in the corner because nobody wants to say it out loud yeah. <laughs> and i mean it'll ruin a guy's season you know until he figures it out i mean it i mean it can it's a terrible, terrible thing. And if, if you've never experienced it, gosh, you're lucky because it's miserable, you know. But you can beat it, and that's that's the good news. Le- Le- Levi's playing a game of operation while we have this conversation. <laughs> He's that skilled. Yeah, so while, while we have Levi here, 
do we have more questions? Like, I want to get as much info out of him as we can. I want to yeah. steal his time as much so, as we can. So a, a related a related issue is uh, one of our DeerCast users, Ainsley Soreko, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize, Ainsley, if I'm not, is having a, having a problem when, uh, when I'm assuming it's Ainsley is she, when she shoots at deer, she's either shooting above or below, and she's not hitting her deer. So I thought that might be associated with target panic, but I, and I know it's kind of hard to diagnose without a whole lot of more background, but Levi, what do you think might be going on with Ainsley? Uh, man, that's a really tough one to say. I mean, if she's, if she's missing the whole deer, um, gosh, that could be, you know, I would say it could be timing. I mean, if she's making the, per, assuming she's making perfect shots mm-hmm. and she's just having trouble hitting high and low, um it could be timing issues where the the bow is not timed properly um and you you pull harder into the wall you know or or you shoot a little more static shot from shot to shot you can have some major inconsistencies high and low mm-hmm. um but if she's shooting targets well and doing it on deer it's hard to say only on live deer then then uh, it could be just a case of of buck fever or, or you know yeah. you know seeing things differently um on, in that moment of truth and what's actually happening you know when you're aiming um which i've seen happen a lot not centering in your peep you know mm-hmm. when you get under that pressure you know you start to drift out of your peep trying to see where where that arrow hits um there's a ton of things that could be causing that it's just um uh but if if she's making the perfect shot and it's frustrating because she knows she's she's making great shots and missing high and low, then I would, first thing I would check would be timing on the bow. Okay. Um, make sure the cams are in sync, timed together, because that can cause some major uh, high and low inconsistencies. Absolutely. We have another question here from Ethan Sleeman. He says, do you have any specific things that you focus on during your practice sessions? So yardage or situation? Yeah, I mean, I try to break my practice down when I do get to practice into working on one specific thing, because I feel like if I go out and just shoot for two hours and shoot a course or 20 targets and don't really work on anything, then I go in back in the house and not any better than I was. So I try to go out and and, uh, work on things that I struggle with. I try to uh, recognize my weaknesses when it comes to shooting and and things that I could be better at, and I go out and work on them, whether that's, um, you know, finishing the shot as far as not not dropping out early or, or, like I said, centering in the peep. I mean, these are all things that we all struggle with still, you know. No matter how long you've been shooting a bow, the basics are always the basics. And, mm-hmm. and if you, you it's very easy to get away from them because there's so many little things that make up shooting a bow people think oh you just drop back and let it go but there's so many tiny things you have to do right every time uh to be consistent and so there's always something that i feel like i'm struggling with Uh, could be grip pressure could be you know anything but uh, the release the timing which has always been a struggle of mine uh, i feel like i have a five or six second window where my pin doesn't move and my shot needs to fire in there and i always feel like i struggle uh working on timing and getting it to fire within that window so yeah i try to break it down into really specific things to work on and 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 goals and and even set little goals in practice Mm -hmm. and uh i really feel like that's that's made me a lot better doing that sure 
Gage asked my favorite question in the whole thread of DeerCast uh, questions that were that were offered. Gage wants to know: Should I go bow hunting? <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> yes. Yes, you should, Gage. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> Levi, when you're when you're aiming, how do you really? zero in on that target so i you know i've heard a lot of people say hey you practice shooting smaller you know smaller targets and you 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 kind of hone in that way but you know for a guy that's just a little bit shaky or moving just a little bit and and that little bit really amplifies when you're shooting a bow like what what do you do to try to really uh, is it control your breathing or how do you do it here yeah, I mean, it's different with everybody. Like you said, some guys just, just don't aim as steady as, as others, you know, and girls. And, and everybody's different. But the one thing I've noticed that if you're focused on aiming, like I said before, and your pin is always going back to the middle, um, no matter if it's a dot or a spot. And, and that old saying, aim small, miss small, I know it's old and been overdone and everything. But it is it is so applicable. Hmm. And true, man. And uh, I remember being little and, and I would struggle with shooting groups. And my dad would always say, son, I don't want you to try to hit that 12 ring. I want you to try to hit the middle of it, you know. So, um, yeah, gosh, my phone it really does sound like operation. So. <laughs> yeah, you just got the wishbone. Um, but he was always like, I don't want you to try to hit that spot. Don't try to hit the ring. Hit the middle of it. Because if you miss, you'll still hit the ring, you know. And so that's kind of always been my goal and i feel like even to this day I, I forget that sometimes i'll be out shooting and I'm like why can't i score i'm just barely missing and and so i feel like it's my focus your focus has to be really really small and even if you're shaky if your focus is a tiny spot it's amazing at how much better you shoot and i i can be i'm i'm a testament to this if anybody goes back and watches me when I was runner-up in Vegas a few years ago, I was shaking so bad, man. I was a nervous wreck because I was getting ready to win the biggest shoot in the world mm-hmm. uh, for a hundred-plus thousand dollars, and I was a nervous wreck, you know. And so to to be able to and shake as much as I was shaking and watching my pin and just trust that if I made a clean, executed shot that it was going to hit the middle – and watching my arrows just find the middle is, is a crazy feeling. But if you, I think a lot of times people start shaking like that and they just hurry and make a bad shot and dump mm-hmm. the shot because they're like, I'm not going to hit what I'm aiming at anyway. Um, that's where they go wrong. If, if your focus and that pin is always going back to the spot, it seems like no matter if you're shaking or not, that arrow is going to find its mark or pretty close to it. And I've seen that happen with a lot of people just make a clean shot and focus on aiming all the way through the end and, and don't dump out early. Don't give up on your shot. That's the main thing. You, you mentioned groups in there and that, that's something I've never been good at as, as grouping really. And, and, and is that, I guess, go hand in hand with what you just mentioned there in aiming? Yeah, for sure it can. And, and we even do what's called group tuning, you know, so it could be, that your arrows just don't group good together, that they, you know, and uh, there's a hundred different things it could be, but aiming is definitely a big part of that. Um, and aiming small, you know, um, which I think a lot of people just go out and shoot their Glendale buck and just try to hit it in the vitals, you know, and if your goal is to hit it in the vitals and your group's going to be the size of those vitals, you know, but if your goal is to hit 
top of the heart where it meets the lungs, then your group's going to be a lot smaller, you know. And I think that's a lot of people just, you know, go out and shoot to be shooting instead of really micro focus and micro aim. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people be better off if they did that. Just last night I was shooting and I went and got uh, some little orange. I think they're more for, I, I think I might've got them from like when we were partnered up with Daisy BB guns. It oh, was yeah, just yeah. like a little bitty, there may be even, a, not even an inch a sticker. Yeah. Sticker. Mm-hmm. And I stuck them on my targets. Cause it was like oh, you, most targets, the, the, you know, where you're aiming, it's a big spot. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta hone in on this a little tighter and so i just stuck those stickers and dad when, when i was growing up he always used to take a orange you know he's a construction guy so he sure. always had orange spray paint in his truck and he would just take and put a little dot on back then it was just a big styrofoam block but right. he'd always do that and and you know i think you don't necessarily definitely helps if you could shoot 40 50 60 in practice and it mm-hmm. helps you at 20 and 30 but the other way to kind of get around that is to, to have a smaller spot that you're aiming at yeah yeah for sure for sure and i've always been a huge advocate of shooting way further than you plan on hunting you know if your max distance is 40 then practice at 80 you know because when you go back to 40 you feel like you can't miss sure i mean same difference is if you're shooting at a four inch circle at 20 if all you can shoot in your yard is 20 yards and you shoot at a four inch circle your group's going to be about the size of that circle but sure Start stepping down. I mean, start challenging yourself and practice, and, and uh, that's the only way you're going to get better. What, what kind of on your setup? Do, what kind of arrow do you use for hunting? I mean, is it is it heavier? Is it smaller in diameter? Like, what's your perfect setup there? Yeah, I, this year I'm super pumped with what I got going on. It's a it's a real small diameter arrow. It's a, a Pierce Tour is what it's called from Gold Tip, but it's real small and it weighs about 500 grains. Um, and I've got it four fletched with a smaller profile vein. And I started doing that last year and I found it's really quiet mm-hmm. in flight. Uh, instead of fletching three big veins on it or a higher profile, which is pretty loud and it has a lot of wind drag to it, which has always been good for stabilizing broadheads. Um, so I was like, and Randy Ulmer, you know, used to do, I don't know if he still does that. He would put six tiny veins on his arrows. Holy for that exact reason to so they're quiet in flight um and so i put four kind of mid-sized veins on my arrows last year and it really did well quiet and, and shot great groups at long range and so i kind of stuck with that this year um through with, with a real small diameter heavy arrow and and uh, i'm super happy with it right now so seems like the four the four uh vein setup is becoming more and more popular i hear more and more people doing that yeah, and I, I think it's great for stabilizing arrows, but it's also what a lot of people don't realize is you can use a smaller vein and do that and, and, mm-hmm. and create a quieter flight, which is, I think a lot of times when animals react, it's not that they're reacting to the bow. It's that buzz of the arrow coming at them, you know, sure. because if we've watched footage, deer all in a food plot, and the only one that ducks is the one that's getting shot at. Mm. Because that arrow, or the ones that the arrow goes by, or the deer over to the side over there don't react and duck. You know, it's it's that they're hearing that arrow flying at them through the air, and it's getting closer and closer. And I think they're freaking out over that. You know, obviously a lot of times they do duck the bowstring, but if you've got a quiet arrow in flight, I think it makes a huge difference on how much that deer is going to wheel and react to you. Sure. 
We could keep Levi all day. This I know. Is, I hate incredible. it. <laughs> just take up all his time. Right. <laughs> Levi, if, if folks want to follow you and learn more and, 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 and gain some of your expertise, how would they, how would they do that? Uh, they can uh, go follow me on Instagram. That's where I pretty much put my whole life story. <laughs> uh, Bo Life Levi. Um, watch the show. It's on Sportsman's Channel Wednesday nights at 830. Um, or go to our website, uh, bowlife.com. Um, pretty much all those places you can keep up with us and, and see what we've got going on. Great. I got one last final question off the wall. All right. Have, have you ever hunted with a rifle before? Yeah, dude. I grew up hunting with guns. It's part of my heritage, and I love it. Um, but I, I just get so much hate email <laughs> for it anymore. And I'm like, man, I, I collect guns. I love shooting guns. Um, and me and my dad, you know, used to rifle hunt together all the time. And, and uh, sometimes it's just fine to pick one up and go hunting. But uh, I don't get to do it a lot anymore, unfortunately. You know, maybe they'll give you a little more leeway with your son hunting with you, which I saw you guys were hunting with the crossbow. But, you know, you, you, wanna, you want it to be fun. You want to have a good yeah. – there's so many good traditions that I, I don't know that I personally think about when I think of gun season, you know. And I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of other people that way too. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. That's a huge part of, of who I am and, and what I grew up doing. So um, I'll always do it to some extent, um, and I definitely want want to kind of pass that down because that's some of my best memories is is hunting in game land, public land, South Carolina with my dad in rifle season. And if we shot does or four points and had them all hanging up at camp, it was just a, a cool memory that i have of hunting and i don't uh, i don't want to lose that absolutely yeah well we need to thank joe for uh for submitting the question hopefully joe we've been able to help you with your target panic if you want to submit a question to the drury outdoors 100 wild podcast and have us answer it on air potentially go to dreary slash podcast and you will see a tab on the right hand side of the screen it says leave a message click that leave us a voice message and uh, we may be answering your question on the air Absolutely. If you want to follow along, of course, uh, with the podcast, you can subscribe to it anywhere that podcasts are available, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, all those places. And, uh, of course, you can watch the podcast mm. at the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. There's a lot to look at. There's, yeah, it's, you may want to just subscribe to the audio version. That's up to you. We get it. <laughs> but uh, we get it. if you want to see Levi in person, that's the place to go. Yes. So check us out at Drury, uh, Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. And we got all kinds of cool stuff going on. New episodes of uh, Winchester and Drury's Natural Barn are going up every Monday. The podcast, of course, I think goes up every Wednesday. Yep. Uh, Throwback Thursdays. All kinds of cool stuff going on. And uh, of course, you've been hearing us talk about it a lot lately, but DeerCast, the DeerCast app, you can go to the uh, Google Play Store or the Apple Store and, and the App Store and get it for free this season. Check it out. Uh, so far, the, the feedback's been outstanding. We've got a lot of people using it to, to help just kind of another tool in their arsenal that helps them go in and, and get the deer of a lifetime. So uh, check it out, please. And, and by all means, follow along with us on social media at Drury Outdoors. Great. Well, we should probably shut this thing down, huh? Yeah, I'll let Levi get back to throwing, you know, practicing 100 arrows a day and <laughs> right. being a super, super stud. <laughs> Levi, thanks, man, for joining us. No, thank you guys for having me. It was fun. I appreciate it. Hey, good luck this season, buddy. Thanks, you guys, too. If I can ever help, let me know. Appreciate Sounds you. Good. All, right. All right. Peace. Let's shut it down.
We're adding new videos every week, so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content. This episode of DOD TV is brought to you by Lacrosse Footwear.